are with you today. Got my Barry White voice going. I uh, don't know what happened. I, uh, I had a little sinus infection or something, and then I jumped on an airplane uh, Sunday afternoon, and, uh, and uh, it's uh, never been the same. So hopefully by this time next week, it'll be a lot better. Good to, uh, good to see you guys. I wonder, how do you get out of impossible situations, you know? I mean, MacGyver could take a paper clip, you know, and, uh, and get out of uh, any situation. The clock was always counting down. And uh, I think an even better example, as I thought about it, and I don't know if you guys saw the uh, most recent installment of, of Indiana Jones, but when it came out this year, we went, Melanie and I and Chase went together. And uh, this is one of the all-time classic uh, Indiana Jones get-out-of-a-mess clips. Check this out. It's a typical day in the life of Indiana Jones there. Uh, I wonder if we really believe in uh, exits from impossible situations. David Jeremiah tells about a 27-year-old named Michael Murray who decided to take his two children with him to the medical center in Massachusetts. Uh, They were going to uh, kind of make their mom's day. It was uh, Mother's Day. Their mom was working, and uh, the husband, 27 years old, brings a gold necklace with the words, number one mom on it, and a single rose, and... A mission accomplished, father and two children made their way back to the darkened indoor garage where the car had been parked. Murray set the infant car seat on top of the car and uh, then uh, left three-year-old Matthew there as he put the 20-month-old sister into her seat. 
And without thinking further, he slid into his driver's seat and drove off, forgetting that Matthew was still on the roof. Pulling onto the expressway that cuts through the city, the driver accelerated to 50 miles per hour, and then he heard a scraping on the roof as the, as the tiny seat with Matthew strapped in began to slide. He said, I looked where Matthew should have been in the car, and he wasn't there. And then I looked in the rearview mirror, and I saw him sliding down the highway in an infant seat. And that's where he landed, right in the middle of the interstate. The car seat, though, was sliding almost as fast as the cars. If you know physics, that would be true. And an antique dealer named James Boothby was following the Murray car when he saw young Matthew sail off the roof. He said, I saw something in the air. First, I thought somebody had thrown something out of the car. Then I thought it was a doll. And then the doll opened its mouth and began to cry. And he said, I turned my car sideways, blocking other traffic, walked over and picked up the car seat and the little boy uninjured. It's an amazing story. Impossible, we would say, for a child to survive those circumstances. But uh, I wonder this morning if we could expand what I would call our cosmology, our understanding of the world, and make our understanding of the world large enough to see that God, who created the world, sometimes chooses to intervene in the world. He sometimes chooses to intervene and perform a miracle. He did in that case, or that child would have died. So let me show you in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, how we come out of our, po- our impossible situations. just want to read uh, these nine verses with you. Can we stand together as we read God's Word this morning? Exodus 14, verses 10 to 18. You know this story. You've seen it uh, in movie clips. Listen to the story. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh his chariots, and his horsemen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, clearly this was an impossible situation. The Israelites found themselves between a rock and a hard place. On the one side was an impassable body of water, uh, water too deep for the people to go through. There was no way for them to go around. On the other side was the mightiest, best-trained army on the earth. When you read the story of Moses in Egypt, never underestimate the amazing power that that Egypt had at that time. And it would take a miracle to deliver them. And when the only way out was God, God made a way. As the people cried out against Moses, God said, stop talking, start walking, go through the sea. So they waited on God through the night, and God used the wind to part the waters and make dry land for them to walk on. The message for us is that our God is a God who's in the business of making a way. At a prayer partner accountability partner, mentor in Austin, who used to say, when it's too hard for us, that's when it's just right for God. So he led his people with his presence, by his power, 
for his purpose through the difficult situation. One thing we know when we find ourselves in a, in a hard situation is that our God specializes in the impossible. So when we discover that only God can deliver us, we will find that he does right on time. When the situation is impossible for us, God is able. God will make a way. We can't always go around the obstacles in our lives. We don't always uh, get to choose which situations we endure. Sometimes we have to go through it and trust God to make a way. But when we place our faith in him, we can be confident of this, that he will make a way for us. And the question for us is, are we willing to trust him to make a way? Two things I want to say this morning. First of all, can you believe that God sometimes leads us into impossible situations? It's not like God didn't have a map of the globe when he led Israel into that sort of uh, nook there where there was no way out. In fact, God led them directly into that. The Greek word thlipsis or pressure means to be squeezed. And God sometimes brings us through pressure. Paul said to the Roman church in Romans chapter 5, that suffering, thlipsis, uh, God uses to create character and uh, perseverance and then character and then hope, and hope does not disappoint us. So in chapter 13, verses 17 and 18, we see God puts them in this impossible situation. And though the Israelites were armed for battle, God knew that they didn't love freedom enough to fight for it. You can hear it in their first words to Moses. Why did you bring us here? We would have served the people. We would have continued to serve there. And in verses 21 and 22 of chapter 13, we see that God is with them. He leads them by a pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. And the point is God led them directly into that situation. There's another clip from uh, the Prince of Egypt. It's a, a cartoon rendering. Uh, I don't know if it was Disney or somebody like that uh, did this years ago. And I just want you to catch kind of the spirit of where they are at this point and see how God led them into that situation for his purpose and for his glory. We see this time and again in the scriptures, um, Judges chapter 7, Gideon uh, prepared for battle. He assembled this large army and God said, you know what, your army's too big for me. And in a succession of steps, God reduces the army to a much smaller number so that the Israelites would not think that they had won the battle on their own. Um, Alice Marquardt writes, I don't understand it, but I just keep trusting my good shepherd because I know he will not lead me any place he would not want me to follow. A friend of mine named Paul Powell tells about a time early in his ministry when he took a stand against racism in a small East Texas town. And as a result, a number of the members of his congregation were upset at him. And uh, he baptized a, a little boy, and they were mad at him. And, 
And one deacon uh, saw Paul up at the church on a Sunday afternoon, and he realized uh, that Paul was troubled by the criticism. And this deacon added fuel to the fire. He said, Preacher, if you get outside the will of God, you sometimes find yourself in a storm. And Paul answered him, You know, if you read the New Testament and follow the life of the Apostle Paul, sometimes you find yourself in a storm when you're in the will of God, when you're doing what God wants you to do. And this is the case for the Israelites. They've done what God has told them to do to this point. And he has put them in a situation where um, they feel like they can't win. One of my favorite quotes is by Raymond Edmond, who wrote, I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, for his time. I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, for his time. And the key is that God will never lead us anywhere that he will not also accompany us. So we're so much like the children of God. We might believe that if we will just obey Christ, we'll never encounter an obstacle, we'll never have any difficulties. But the scripture reveals that the opposite is the case. In fact, I would say to you this morning, if on your path you're facing no obstacles, no opposition, uh, it may be not because you've succumbed to the will of God, but because you've succumbed to the will of the world. And Israel would never have had a problem if they just never obeyed God. I mean, I just want to say that. I want you to understand. If they had not followed God, they never would have been between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. Of course, the corollary of that is they would never have experienced God's miraculous power either. And so sometimes we have to just be obedient because um, when we are obedient to God, we get into situations that put us in a place where only God can get us out. And God is our only answer. Jerome told me an, an interesting story about a woman who was in a grocery store. And uh, as she was walking around, she felt that God was telling her to go and stand on her head beside the, the Coke machine. Now that, you know, I mean, what if God said that to you? What would you do? Um, eventually, this woman obeyed God. She went and she stood on her head beside a Coke machine. And when she did, um, then she stood back up and a man came running across the parking lot and said, will you tell me about God? And she said, sure. And she began to talk to him. And he said, I was just planning to take my own life. When I said to God, if you don't want me to kill myself, make someone stand on their head right now. And you did. And she told him about Christ and he was saved. And I grant uh, that's a kind of odd story. Um, but it illustrates my point that um, maybe not in that dramatic of a way. But, but I have learned through the years that if we just refuse to be obedient to God, uh, we'll never see his deliverance in our lives. But um, it, it may keep us out of immediate uh, embarrassment or... Uh, uh, a sense of uh, impossibility, but on the other hand, we never see how God works, and, and it's not always that dramatic. In fact, it's rarely that dramatic, I would say, but um, God sometimes leads us in to the impossible situations to show us that nothing is impossible for him. Now, here's the second thing I want to say to you this morning, and that is that God lifts us out of the impossible situation when we act in faith. So when the people of God complained about their dilemma, Moses promises God's deliverance. And he knows God's going to do something, but even Moses doesn't know what God's going to do. He doesn't know how God's going to get him out of this situation. So he tells the children of Israel to stand firm as God fights for them. And we might think the Israelites had no choice but to stand firm. But I was reading this again. I was thinking, where else were they going to go? You know, they can go waiting or they can go fight. But God spoke to Moses and said, uh, stop crying out to me. You get the sense that not only were the people nervous, but the leader was also nervous. And uh, he says, raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water. And they were able to walk into the, the water with uh, the sea as a wall on their left and on their right. And that took a lot of faith. In fact, Hebrews eleven twenty nine summarizes this moment with just a half a verse. It says, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. 
Some years ago, a friend of mine told the story of uh, three junior high boys who went to a party, and they had a sleepover in one of the homes. And as those things usually go, the boys stayed up most of the night. And when one of the boys returned to his home, his mother asked him if he'd gotten any sleep. And he said, no, Mom, we stayed awake and talked all night. And his mom asked him, what did you talk about all night? I mean, what do teenage boys talk about all night, these uh, junior high boys? And the boy said, we were talking about faith. And the mom said her heart just kind of skipped a few beats to think that her son stayed awake with friends all night long talking about faith. She said, you were talking about faith? And he said, yeah, Mom, she's the best-looking girl in our school. <laughs> like those boys, most of us like to talk about faith, but um, I'm not sure we mean what God does. Faith demands action. So James chapter 2, verse 17 says, faith without works is dead. We have to trust God enough to step out into the water. There's a great story about Blondin, the uh, great tightrope walker who extended a cable between uh, two buildings and began to walk back and forth across the cable. This is variously told. Sometimes it's Niagara Falls. Uh, but he, uh, he walks across and people are watching him and then he walks back and he asks the man who's standing there, do you believe I can walk across this, this tightrope? And the man says, sure, I just saw you do it. He says, do you really believe I can? He said, sure, I just saw you do it. And he gets a wheelbarrow and, and walks up to the rope and says, okay, get in the wheelbarrow. I mean, do you really, you know, a lot of people, they were raising their hands saying, oh, we believe you can do it, but nobody was willing to get in the wheelbarrow. Well, the, the nation of Israel, Moses had to get in the wheelbarrow on this. They had to walk between walls of water. And uh, this is precisely what God asks us to, to do. Um, the, the soundtrack for the Prince of Egypt says, God can do miracles if you believe. So one commentator whose work I read uh, said, we cannot believe that the Red Sea parted literally. Well, let me just ask you a question. This comes back to my cosmology question. Is your God big enough? The God who created the universe, is he big enough to intervene in the universe? And if your answer to that is no, God, God will not ever intervene in the universe, um, then your God is too small. Because the scriptures say in Matthew 19, 26, Luke 18, 27, with men, some things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Why do we have to face obstacles at all? I think because God strengthens us through them. Some years ago, I don't know if this is still true, you uh, NFL buffs would, might know the answer to this, but some years ago, I remember Denver won the Super Bowl. This was a, a while back, obviously. And um, at that time, no team which played in a domed stadium on AstroTurf had ever won the Super Bowl. And that may have changed since then. Does anybody know the answer to that? I, I tried to look on the Internet. I couldn't figure it out. But um, in fact, um, for a long time, no Super Bowl champion ever came from a dome stadium with uh, artificial turf. Did anybody do that? Anybody know? The Colts pulled that out? Okay. So um, I think every challenge we face as a congregation requires us to trust in God, prepares us for the next challenge that we face. Um, there's a great story. Tanya Gray uh, has this uh, set of stories that she tells. And um, in it, there's a story of a young man who wanted to go home, relax after a long day of work in his cubicle. But as he makes his way to the elevator, he sees black smoke billowing through um, the hallway and he he panics and he's on the sixth floor and he says I'll never make it down I'm, I'm not going to survive this and and as his mind continues to race he makes it to a window and he he coughs and he staggers and he looks out the window and all he can see is smoke and flames and below he can hear the crowd shouting jump jump but he can't see anything below and uh, he has this cloud of fear that envelops him and he hears a loudspeaker voice the fireman says you know the only way for you to survive is to jump we'll spread out a safety net just You'll be perfectly safe, but, you know, it's just hard for him to believe. Until he hears over the loudspeaker the voice of his father who heard about the fire and came to that spot and said, It's okay, son. You can jump. And as the familiar voice reached the young man, he felt the grip of fear leave him because the trust and love that had been established between his dad and him made him know he could trust 
his dad. Now, here's the word I want to give you this morning. I want you to take this with you today. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I mean, everything we know about God tells us we can trust him. So we don't have to be afraid to trust an unknown future. I want you to see one more clip this morning, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it for us. This is the old, I think, is it the old Cecil B. DeMille clip? We must go with all speed. Yes. Go where? To drown in the sea? How long will the fire hold Pharaoh back? Will it hold? After this day, you shall see his chariots no more. No! You'll be dead under them. No. The Lord of hosts will do battle for us. Behold his mighty hand. the blast of his nostrils. Lead them through the midst of the waters. His will be done. He opens the waters before them, and he bars our way with fire. Let us go from this place. Men cannot fight against a god. Better to die in battle with a god than live in shame. Praise God and down into it!
Egyptians than to die here. Who shall withstand the power of God? Here. Charlton Heston makes a great, uh, great Moses, does he? Kind of amazing story. Now, here's my question. What's your Red Sea? Um, what's your impossible situation? Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. If you read the scriptures, and I hope you will. We're, uh, uh, yesterday, Cindy, my assistant, said, hey, let's order the new uh, Read the Bible Through programs for next year. We do that every year, and we read the scriptures through. And... When you read the scriptures, what you realize, a lot of things that God did in human history were impossible. It's impossible for the Red Sea to be parted, impossible for an axe head to float, impossible for a donkey to talk, impossible for a shepherd boy to defeat a giant, impossible to turn water into wine or fish and loaves to feed 5,000 or the blind to see, lame to walk, dead to rise again. But when it was impossible for people, that's when it was just right for God. So your impossible situation may, may be a relationship. It may be a marriage that feels like it cannot be saved or a, a dilemma of uh, financial or medical nature. Or maybe you've kind of reached the end of your emotional rope. And my word to you is, watch God work. Phillips Brooks once said, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger people. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks then the doing of your work will not be the miracle. But you will be the miracle. Thanks, guys.